Welcome to this special episode of the Engineers Collective podcast, which is powered by Bentley Systems, where we'll be looking at the impact that COVID-19 has had on the civil engineering industries so far, and speculating about the changes it will bring in the long term. I'm Claire Smith, and I'm editor and civil engineer, and today I'm joined by news editor Rob Horgan. Hello, Claire. And features editor Nadine Badu. Hi there. Usually we're all together recording this podcast in one room, but in light of the social distancing guidance, we're all sat in our own homes recording this. At the time of recording this episode, more than 1,200 people in the UK have sadly died from the new coronavirus, and over 20,000 people are believed to have the virus. But we're still at least two weeks away from the peak of infections based on the Italian and Chinese data, so we're yet to see the full impact. Rob, I guess you've got quite a good perspective on the three weeks that have changed the face of the UK civil engineering industry. If you've just come back from paternity leave, congratulations, by the way. Can you sum up the difference you've already seen in the industry? Thanks, Claire. And uh, yes, it's been a, a very strange few weeks to go on paternity leave. And the world is obviously a very different place now to what it was at the start of March. Um, unfortunately, from construction, there is still much confusion about what is happening, what workers should be doing and, and what should be happening. Uh, moving forwards. So far, the, the UK government has said that sites can and should stay open so long as social distancing can be implemented. Uh, however, it's failed to provide any sort of clarity about how exactly that, that can happen. Uh, engineers have also been given essential worker status, meaning that they are free to travel to sites and are expected to continue working during lockdown unless their uh, respective contractors or clients tell them otherwise. What this has inadvertently done is force contractors and clients into a, a difficult situation where they have to choose between keeping sites open and protecting their workers' safety. Uh, we have seen several contractors now take matters into their own hands and shut down work sites. However, the government still refuses to impose a ban on construction work, leaving thousands of jobs at risk and thousands of employees un- uncertain about what they should do going forward. Um, up until now, the government has, has pointed to other countries such as China and Italy as, as reason for keeping construction going. However, Ireland has now ordered all contractors to, to stand down their workforce and told all workers to stay indoors for the time being. So if Boris Johnson really wanted to do it, the precedent is now there for him. Despite some of that confusion around the guidance for construction sites, companies as diverse as Sir Robert McAlpine, MACE, ISG and Arslef at Ground Engineering have had to announce measures to close some or all of their sites. And even TfL and Cross, Crossrail have also had to shut construction sites that, so workers won't have to travel. The aim there is to help reduce the number of workers using public transport across London, therefore freeing up the service for essential workers. Crossrail's Bond Street station construction site is also getting a deep clean after a site worker tested positive for COVID-19. Now, while the workers' immediate colleagues are now in self-isolation, work is still going on at the Bond Street site. A Crossrail spokesman said that they were paying close attention to the effects of the deep clean, but this incident isn't expected to cause further delays to the project. I guess there'll be more site closures or even possibly a government mandate on closures to come in the next couple of weeks, especially if greater restrictions are imposed to reduce the spread of the virus. The impact on business has been huge. Already we're seeing businesses using the government's furlough scheme to keep staff on payroll, but that currently only runs to the end of May. Other businesses are trying to reduce pay through introducing four-day weeks, or less in some cases. I've just seen that 90 senior staff at Langer Rock are taking a 30% pay cut. 
The UK civil engineering and construction sector is heavily reliant on self-employed staff, though, and the government has been criticised for its really slow response to supporting people in this area. And I wonder if that's been one of the main reasons that some sites have been slow to close. It's not just about companies making those decisions, but individuals too. Maybe they feel obligated or even worried about financial security. Exactly. And even though the government announced plans to support the self-employed last week, those individuals will have to wait till June to get help. And that feels like a long way off. Plus, it's based on profits. And most self-employed people I know manage their accounts to show the smallest profit possible for tax purposes. I mean, there's no easy answer, but I do fear that there'll be a fair few bankruptcies resulting from this. And I worry for people's mental health, too. Yeah, obviously, it's a very worrying time for a lot of people. But um there is advice out there and we've been working with the Civil Engineering Contractors Association to provide a daily briefing with details of what's being announced for business and individuals, as well as what help and support is out there. We've also put that outside of the paywall on the new Civil Engineer website too, to make sure that everybody can benefit from the information, whether you're a subscriber or not. Exactly. And the briefings are a really concise roundup of what is being said by government and more importantly, what that means for the construction industry. There is a lot of information out there and these briefings are great at pointing to what really matters for our readers. So hats off to Alistair Eisner at Seeker for spearheading that. Aside from the obvious health concerns, I think the hardest thing for both people and for businesses is not really knowing how long the impact will last. Delays to projects are inevitable, I guess. We're only six weeks on with the interview with Crossrail CEO, um, Mark Wilde, that Rob and I did for the Engineers Collective, when he seemed confident the scheme would open in summer next year. But that now must be in doubt. You're right, but Crossrail isn't the only project that's been affected. While the situation is changing on a daily basis, it seems inevitable that the UK's major infrastructure projects will increasingly face significant delays. There are already concerns over how the economic impact of COVID-19 could further delay Heathrow Airport's proposed expansion. There's even speculation that completion might be pushed back until 2030. And over on HS2, all contractors on Phase 2 have stopped work. In addition, all activity on five major work packages of Phase 1 have been paused, while two remain open but are under review. And according to an HS2 spokesperson, only construction sites that can maintain government guidelines and are critical to the, de- the delivery of HS2 will remain operational. Also, consultations for the proposed lower terms crossing have been extended by a week. The consultation will now close on Thursday, the 2nd of April, to give people a bit more time to respond. It's unclear at this point, though, how the virus might impact the future of the proposed project. It's not just current projects that it's having an impact on. It's having an impact on the planning process, too. Kent County Council told me last week that until new new legislation was passed, it's actually illegal to hold planning meetings without everyone being physically present in the room. Until they've got over that hurdle, they couldn't plan for how meetings would be held virtually. And so that could add at least several months to delays to planning decisions. It does all feel a little bit doom and gloom, but the industry is already thinking about how the sector can use this time when sites are not as active to improve other things. Pearl Frischman Sector Director Joe Burns, for example, is calling for consultants to work with clients to use this time to improve the stage of design work before moving to sites. The industry can also help the NHS now, though. There have been calls for spare PPE to be offered to the NHS. If you have something to offer, then it seems like the best route is to contact your local NHS centre. Masks, iron face protection, disposable overalls, shoe covers, gloves are all items that are in demand. So if you've got any going spare, please donate them. 
But how long will the impact last? During the government's daily coronavirus briefing over the weekend, England's Deputy Chief Medical Officer, Dr Jenny Harries, suggested that the lockdown restrictions could remain in place for another six months. Yeah, we're already seeing the impact on New Civil Engineer with all of our events from mid-March through to August being postponed to September onwards due to concerns about social distancing rules remaining in place. So there is a real risk to business and loss of skills to other industries if they recover faster or if workers are laid off. The tech industry, for example, doesn't seem to be affected anywhere nearly as badly as construction. So you can see some sideways shifts as workers move into different industries. What would be encouraging to see during this time is engineers and contractors upskilling their staff so they can work in different ways. We've already seen some really interesting stuff going on. And I know the team at Sensat have been using their drones and their software to help companies monitor sites remotely. And I think that's the kind of training, upskilling and thinking that needs to be going on to help the industry through these tough times. Economists have suggested that recovery could be as sharp as a decline, as it's not financially driven. But there's still the money announced by government for the infrastructure revolution. Indications were that some of it could come on stream in November, which would be great timing for the civil engineering industry. That's true. The costs of current bailouts for businesses could have a longer term impact. How many years will we be paying off the debts? Nobody really knows at the moment. Are we looking at higher taxes in the future or more years of austerity? Obviously, it's too early to tell, but as the longer this goes on, the, the less money that looks likely for the planned infrastructure revolution. You do have to wonder what the civil engineering workplace might look like after this too. Well, I mean, everyone has noticed the difference in the environment with fewer car journeys and plane journeys. But is that enough for real long lasting change? Now everyone is working from home and getting used to the idea. I wonder if we will see more of that in the long term too. Likewise, with schools closed, there is, there is going to be a greater acceptance of parental responsibility and greater use of flexible working. How many more meetings will be done over Teams or Zoom in the future? based on on its success or or otherwise over the coming months. I think it's obviously very easy to look at the doom and gloom, but as I said before, I really do think that these few months could be a real eye-opener in terms of grasping the technology that already exists, using it within construction in a productive way. What about work on site, though? Will we see more technology developed that could allow remote working on site? I saw remotely operated piling rigs at Bauma last year, and we've already seen automated earth-moving equipment on the A14 upgrade. Well, the last few weeks have been unprecedented, and I think we'll see this experience have a real long-lasting impact on the way we live and work, but it's hard to know just how big that change will be. We don't really know when things will return to normal or even what that new normal is. It's certainly something we'll be keeping an eye on and we'll be covering in in depth in the new section of New Civil Engineer over the coming weeks and months. And on the Engineers Collective too. We hope you found this special episode of the podcast useful and informative. We'll be back later this month with another episode with a special interview and more news coverage. In the meantime, please share this podcast and make sure you're subscribed so you receive new episodes as soon as they're released. Thank you for joining us today and goodbye for now.